Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. I hope you've been enjoying your summer as much as I have. I love hot, sunny weather. We've had way more rain than normal, but it's summer and I'm enjoying it. Tonight, I'm going to talk about reaping the whirlwind. Reaping the whirlwind. You see, we live in a day and age when saying what you think out loud for everyone to hear or know through the various types of social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc., that's what people do. Somehow we suddenly seem to have a license, a freedom to speak things that many times are not true or worse, are cruel, demeaning, and destructive. It's become common to just speak what you think. The Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it is that we can know a person's heart by what comes out of their mouth. Ever since COVID-19 came on the scene, better known as the Communist Chinese Party virus, there has been a direct assault on the voice of believers. We are canceled on Facebook, canceled on YouTube, canceled on Twitter. In fact, it seems that they are ramping up, planning to cancel every conservative voice on YouTube. And they're making the move to do that on Facebook. You see, a conservative voice, well, that's not okay. It has to be shut down. On the other hand, the voice of evil is loud and clear. So much so that it's shocking what has come out of people's mouths. There's a lesson here that we as believers need to heed. We must be very careful what we say about others, especially those we disagree with spiritually or politically. The book of Hosea in the Old Testament, chapter 8, verse 7, says this. They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. Now, in its original context, this well-known proverb emphasizes the futility of Israel's alliances with false gods and foreign nations. Morally speaking, Israel had planted wind symbolizing moral bankruptcy, and would reap a whirlwind, symbolizing a coming judgment. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. In that little unknown book of the Bible called Ecclesiastes, chapter 10, verse 20 says this, Do not curse the king, even in your thought. Do not curse the rich, even in your bedroom. For a bird of the air may carry your voice, 
and a bird in flight may tell the matter. We should watch what we say, for we never know who is listening. We are living, as believers, we are living in a time of testing. There is so much corruption everywhere you look. People's emotions are filled with hatred like never before. It's a disturbing picture. And it makes it easy for us to want to curse them, who are doing such evil and wicked and illegal things. The Bible tells a wonderful story in the book of Acts about a man named Cornelius. I'm going to share his story because I want you to see the contrast between Cornelius, who was a Gentile, and a few men of our current day. Now, I'll be reading from the New King James Version Bible, starting with Acts chapter 10 and reading verses 1 through 48. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment a devout man, and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter. Kill and eat. But Peter said, Oh, no, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. A voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius 
from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation? But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, For what reason have you sent for me? So Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him, the Lord, and works righteousness, is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power 
who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Now, this account in Acts chapter 10 highlights two people, Cornelius and Peter. Cornelius was a centurion, obviously a Gentile of the Italian regiment, and the Bible calls him a devout man, a devout man who feared God with all his household. Not only was he devout, not only did he fear God, he gave alms generously to the poor, and he prayed to God always. Folks, that says something to me about this man. It, it, it actually reveals to us as believers today what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be devout people. We are supposed to people who fear God. We are to give alms generously to the poor. And we are to pray to God always. Cornelius, to me, is a wonderful example for believers today. And I'm sharing his story because I see such a profound contrast in this man, not a Jew, and of course, Peter, when Peter had the vision, Peter was a little reticent. I mean, Peter had never gone to a Gentile. He, he, was, he even said, I don't go to other nations. I don't go to non-Jews. I don't go to their home. But the Lord showed him that the Lord was not a respecter of persons. 
and that the Lord was going to pour out the Holy Spirit on Gentile just like the Jews. For me, I think this story is so powerful because it just emphasizes how we are to live our life as godly Christians. So in contrast, I want to share something that Senate Majority Leader, our current Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, spoke March 2020. He was making a speech outside the Supreme Court as justices had heard a case about a Louisiana abortion law. And he was warning Justice Brett Kavanaugh, a devout Catholic, and Justice Neil Gorsuch, a pro-life individual, that they could face dire consequences for their, quote, awful decisions, end quote. Mr. Schumer went on to say this, I want to tell you, Gorsuch, and I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hits you if you go forward with these awful decisions. I need to just pause a minute, because for me, when I heard it, I actually heard that on television. Wow. I thought, can you believe a high-ranking elected official could speak such things? And he literally threatened them. He also dishonored them by calling them by just their last name and not their official title. So, who do you think is going to reap the whirlwind? These two justices of the Supreme Court or Mr. Schumer? I think that's an easy question. Recently, best-selling author Sam Harris sparked an outrage by claiming the left-wing conspiracy to bury the Washington Post reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop was warranted to keep former President Donald Trump out of power. He said, and I quote, I don't care what's in Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden literally could have had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared. Wow. Isn't that shocking? I mean, that shocks me. It really shakes me. It's so unrighteous. It's vile thinking. And this man thinks it's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay to spew this stuff. Do you think he'll reap what he has sown? Folks, the Bible is not a joke. I'm going to say that again. The Bible is not a joke. Contrary to what the progressive socialist Democrats think, 
It's not a joke. And they can make fun of us all they want. But they will be reaping the whirlwind if they don't repent. Someone recently said on Twitter, and I, I couldn't find the person, and I couldn't find the exact words, but the gist of it is that they wanted to see Donald Trump executed. This is how out of line people have become. Their words are vile, they're destructive, they're evil, and it's a scary thing to me to unleash such violent rhetoric. I, 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 I just, somehow it's difficult for me to think that there are people out there saying this out loud for everyone to hear. And it's amazing. I mean, they must think there are no consequences for their words. You see, the Bible says if you dishonor a man, a person, you will be dishonored. So when you say things like what Chuck Schumer said, threatening the Supreme Court justices, when you think uh, uh, see things like what Sam Harris said, I don't care if there were dead children's corpses in Hunter Biden's basement. I don't care. We had to keep President Trump out of power. Gee, Sam, you don't care? You wouldn't have cared if Hunter Biden had murdered children and had them in his basement? Hmm. Sounds rather odd and very distressing to me. And then the person, and there have been many people who have said they wanted Donald Trump dead, they wanted Donald Trump gone, he would disappear. They don't realize the gravity of their words. It really is a scary thing, and we have to be very careful. I had to repent when I was writing this message because I get so frustrated when I watch these people and I hear what they say and I think, oh, Lord, help me. Help me not to act like they act. So we can't, it doesn't mean that we can't call them out. We can call them out. It just means we don't fight fire with fire because our weapons are not carnal, right? Our weapons are prayer, praise. And we don't want to open our mouth to be a weapon to curse them. But you see, it's not just about our mouth being a weapon to curse them. That, can, that will boomerang back on us because the scripture says so. What you sow, you will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. We don't want to do that. We want to sow to the Spirit. So my new thing is this. Every time I hear this crazy stuff from people that's so out of line, I'm going to just start saying, Lord, bless them. Bless them to speak 
good things. Bless them to speak life and not death. Help them, Lord, to see the truth. So I'm just going to pray for them. And I'm going to pray that the Lord will open their eyes and open their ears, that they will hear the crazy things that they're actually saying and repent. We want people to repent. We want them to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Each one of these people that I've mentioned, we want them to know Jesus. Because if they don't know Jesus, they're going to face an eternity in a very dark, fiery place, separated from God. And we don't want anybody to end up there, for sure. So when you hear people saying things, you know, political people, whatever, whomever, it doesn't have to be a political person, it could be somebody on Facebook, it could be just somebody out there, on Twitter, or it could be one of your friends or family who are not on the same political side that you are, and they may say some pretty ugly things. And so what we want to do, this is how we respond. This is how a Christian responds. We hear it, and we say, Lord, help them. Help them to know you. Bless them with a heart to know you as their savior bless them and help them to see the truth give them ears to hear give them eyes to see save their soul and you know you can you can pray not exactly what i've you don't have to say what i've said but you you know the lord can lead you but we need to pray for them because god knows there may be nobody praying for them Maybe they don't even have any friends or relatives who are saved, and there's no one praying for them. So we need to turn it around. And even though these are things we don't like to hear, and um, that's the world we live in today, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to sow to the Spirit, and we're going to pray in the Spirit in using the uh, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to walk in that fruit of the Spirit. We're going to speak out of that, and we're going we're to have a right heart before the Lord, just like our friend Cornelius, this devout man who feared God. We should fear God enough to want to do that and to speak a blessing and to pray for these people. Amen? Well, you can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. You can download the iHeartRadio app, go to Pure Heart Ministries, which, by the way, I'm going to change that podcast name to Voice in the Wilderness and listen anytime. I'd love for you to email me. Look, you don't even need a stamp and, and an envelope anymore. You can email me at Dawn, all lowercase, D-A-W-N, at pureheart.today. And by the way, those of you who have emailed me and I've responded, I haven't heard back from you. Anyway, uh, you can continue, would you please continue to pray for this ministry, and you can help support this ministry by sending your check to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 80, 
5, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I look forward to being with you again. We're going to talk about the fear of the Lord next week. So I'm happy and excited to be with you again next week. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.